about being the first. What does that feel like? Well, I'm still trying to uh, get used to it, but um, I've been the first before, but this um, position I've never been in where I'm running an agency. And um, knowing that over, you know, a hundred and some years, there have only been males doing this job. I uh, take it very um, responsibly, you know, the uh, job that I have to do, but I'm really humbled by it. Um, I have been preparing myself for a position such as this, and so because I am the first, it just shows that perseverance does pay off and that um, the voters saw what I could bring to the table. And I don't think they looked at me as being um, first, maybe some did, but they looked at my credentials, they looked at my qualifications, they looked at the vision that I had for the agency. And as a result, they said, she may be the first, but I believe that she can do the job. So it's an awesome responsibility. And as I stated before, I'm still grasping uh, what it means, but I know that uh, I am honored to be in this position. What is that hard work like? Um, and what, because you, you didn't want to do this. Like, this wasn't like your dream. No. So I'm not going to say like you didn't want to do this. This was not your dream. Mm -hmm. But this was your purpose. And so we hear about that all the time, about your purpose and your calling. And you are fully walking in it. You have chosen to step into it. You, you retired and then you went to higher education and then you came back, you know, all of that. And it's just, it led you back to this major call. So what it means is that um, there have been a lot of sleepless nights. It's been a lot of time away from my family. And uh, to do this job and to do it to the best of my ability you need that family support system. And so there were times where my husband uh, was the one that was uh, taking them to school or cooking dinner or going to, you know, after school programs. So it meant sacrifice in that respect. But because of his support, I was able, not only um, I had already had my bachelor's degree, but I was able to attain my master's degree in criminal justice administration but also later get a PhD in educational leadership. But I was also able to attend uh, some of the most elite uh, leadership uh, schools in the country, like the FBI National Academy or uh, Department of Homeland Security uh, leadership course and others. And um, I knew that it took hard work because my grandmother instilled in me that anything worth having was worth working for and so I was able to put in the work and because I was able to put in the work others saw the hard work that I was putting in to whatever job that I had and so uh, when they needed somebody to be a worker then I was able to step in and so I gained experience that way and so it prepared me for various um, you know, positions with of leadership within a male-dominated field. And so, um, as a result, I was able to ascend the ladder at the Milwaukee Police Department, and I have been able to, you know,
know, be promoted or elected to share. It has been a lot of hard work, but it's been rewarding work because I've been able to work with the community. And I've always uh, considered myself a public servant. And so as a public servant, your job is to serve the public in whatever that capacity is. And as you stated, um, it wasn't my chosen field. Yes, my degree was in criminal justice, but I did not uh, plan to have a career in law enforcement, meaning being a police officer and arresting people and going up the ladder that way. I did want to uh, get into probation and parole, but at that time, there wasn't a very high turnover rate. And then I wanted to uh, you know, get experience and go to law school so that I can help those who might not uh, be able to help themselves, but also to assist my mom uh, with legal fees for my brother because he kept getting into trouble. And so um, as a result, it led me here and uh, I'm just so appreciative of, of this opportunity. Mm -hmm. So you were born, you raised in Arkansas. Yes. Um, so like back and forth between Arkansas and Milwaukee. What are some other family values? Because um, we know that you're your grandmother was very special to you. Yes. She helped raise you. Yes. What are some other family values that you believe that has helped you to get to this moment? My faith in God. She instilled that into me very early on, as well as get a good education. And education is going to take you uh, out of Arkansas and take you places that uh, you have never gone before, but also the value of hard work. Anything that is worth having is worth working for. And so as a result, um, I started uh, working at age nine. Uh, that was my first job, and I was uh, mowing the lawn of the um, of the church, and I also uh, assisted a neighbor with cleaning the uh, truck stop where the uh, truckers who are going through will stop and rest. And so uh, as a, a result, I understood hard work early on, mm -hmm. and she bought us uh, some childcraft books, uh, uh, spent $500 and got uh, World Book uh, and uh, Childcraft. And so we could read and look. When we couldn't read, we could just look at the pictures, and then it spurred our learning. And so... Those are three of the uh, pillars of my uh, life. I try to take them with me wherever I go. Mm -hmm. And are those the things that you pass down to your three children? Yes, yes. absolutely. Yes, absolutely. I, I love that. You know, you talked about your husband and how he has supported you to help you to get to where you are today. But like, what does he mean to you? You know, you guys both are successful in your respective fields. <laughs> He's my yin to my yang, yeah. and uh, he is my support system. I can always count on him um, to lift me up, and uh, you know he is just um, just a true warrior. He's a Christian, uh, most of all, and as a result, and a great family man. And so, as a result, he's going to do what he can do to make sure that I'm uplifted, uh, that I'm supported, that. I have what I need. Um, early on in our relationship, I said, hey, this is uh, 
uh, my career trajectory and uh, are you willing to support me? And he said, absolutely. And he's shown that. And therefore, we've been married for over 34 years. And, uh, you know, whatever I need, uh, he's there. You know, I don't have to get up and cook breakfast. He'll cook breakfast for me. He'll cook dinner. But, okay. uh, but you know, it's like... You don't have to do all that. Let me do something for you. So it's a partnership, mm -hmm. you know. And so, uh, you know, it's been um, it's been a good ride, you know, 34 years. 34 so. years. Yes. And still got you smiling. <laughs> yes. <yeah. laughs> I love that. I love that. And so being in this male-dominated field, you, your predecessor, you know, um, Sheriff Ernel, Ernel Lucas, mm -hmm. you know, what, what is that friendship like? I know you can't give all the details, but, you know, what is that friendship like, you know, the brother-sister friendship? And how has that helped you to have the confidence, you know, not saying that you didn't have it, because clearly you have it <laughs> to be where you are today. But what has he helped you or, you know, some nuggets he shared with you to say, you know what, you got it. You know, you got it, and this is why I'm choosing you. You know, what what are those conversations like? Well, he's been a friend for a very long time. We um, worked together um, on the police department. Not worked uh, in the same division, but uh, we worked uh, and got a chance to uh, know one another. And so, as a result, uh, he was always uh, a step or two ahead of me. And so he became my mentor, and so I can watch the way he would do things, and I uh, can learn uh, from him uh, how to do it. And so when he asked me to be the chief deputy, you know, it was because of the relationship that we had already built up, the fact that he knew my work ethic, he knew what I was capable, capable of, and he my desire to uh, help the citizens of uh, Milwaukee County. And so um, it was a natural transition as far as, you know, me coming over to assist him. But, um, you know, he has just been um, just a, a true um, friend. Um, he has been a, um, a good boss. Um, you know, he left the... Uh, police department and went to work for major league baseball and he would glean some nuggets from there and shared with us and so you know based upon uh, all of that uh, you know it's been just good learning from him you know and uh, being able to show my appreciation to him for the things that I learned from him look at where it has gotten and so I'm just uh, thankful for the opportunity. Yes. What an opportunity because, you know, often we do have our, our mentors uh, who look like us. They're women. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that is an example of having a male mentor, a brother, you know, friendship that you can look up to and talk to and say, hey, you know, how do you deal with this situation? Mm -hmm. And how do you deal with that situation? Now, you deal with situations every day. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a part of your job to solve problems. Mm -hmm. And one of, you know, one of the major problems in our city, in the city of Milwaukee, is, is the driving. Mm -hmm. Of course, it's crime, like any other city, but the driving. You know, what's your take on that today? Where do we stand today? 
today we can do better. I mean, uh, we have uh, lost ground, I would say, in um, that when we took driver's ed out of the schools, then um, the kids who would normally be able to learn the proper driving techniques, they don't uh, learn them as quickly as um, as uh, they used to. And then you have the adults who have uh, drive, bad driving uh, techniques as well. And so law enforcement is uh, trying to uh, catch up. We're meaning that um, when we see them out there, it's just so numerous, you know, and um, we're trying to make a dent in it, but, you know, with us working together collaboratively, whether we are working with our community partners and uh, we're talking about, um, you know, education enforcement or engineering, um, that is uh, helping. All of it is helping, but uh, when you can't uh, walk within your neighborhood because you're afraid that uh, someone is going to, you know, drive recklessly and then hit you and maybe take your life or even in the parks or on the expressway, you know, that is, um, you know, that's not a good feeling. And so we want to make sure that we're working with all of our partners, our law enforcement partners, our community partners, uh, to make sure that um, we have a safe uh, community, a safe uh, county. And so what we're doing right now, we uh, have a reckless driving initiative where we're focusing on those areas where we see most of our reckless driving on the expressway. But we're also educating the public as to, hey, this is uh, where we're going to be, you know. And so we're telling them this is what uh, reckless driving is. And if you, um, you know, continue to do uh, what you're doing, we will arrest you because it's a danger to others. And uh, I'm getting ready to reach out to the uh, other municipalities so that we can come together and see what each one is doing and then uh, come together and see how we can work better, uh, more collaboratively so that we can have a um, better handle on the reckless drivers. Um, you know, it's just uh, sad that, you know, that's the sign of the times that some people think that it's fun but it's not fun, it's dangerous. And so uh, we need to make sure that we are enforcing the law, but educating others as to what they need to do as well. Mm -hmm. And think about it, because you're a parent as well. Yes. Like, what would you say to mothers? You know, what, what are some advice, uh, or have you had any conversations? Are you open to having any conversations with mothers in the community? Um, as it relates to their, their young men speeding and driving, and even even some of the young women I hear, like, what would you say to parents? I have and what had, parents should be saying to their children? I've had some of those conversations when I was on the campaign trail, and uh, I would go to different community meetings, and um, I would uh, go door to door, and we would have those um, conversations. And they're hard conversations because some of the um, mothers knew that their kids were the ones that were involved, but you have to have those conversations with your kids. If you don't stop this behavior, it could be your life or somebody else's, or, you know, you could spend the rest of your life confined. And so um, what I would um, suggest that the mothers do is, is if they have kids who are 
of school age, uh, make sure that they get them into a driver's education program so that they can learn the uh, proper way to drive a car. I drive every day in the evening time and I see you know, people driving with their high beams on and it's like you can't see because they don't know. You know, They just get behind a car and they don't have a driver's license. But also encourage the, um, the parents to ensure that their kids have good driving habits even though they may go to driver's education uh, class you still have to enforce that in them. And so, and they let them know that they need a driver's license. They should have a driver's license if they're going to be uh, driving on the street. But uh, responsibility, and it starts at home, and it starts with the parents, and it filters down to uh, the children. But not just them, we know that there are other family members um, that are driving recklessly. And so we need to have those conversations with them as well. If you really love them, then you have those hard conversations with them. It's not going to be easy, but I'd rather have that conversation with them and see them um, alive later on or see them not incarcerated later on because they uh, may have um, hit another car head on and then, you know, that person is seriously injured or, or killed. So um, definitely will make you know want to um, encourage the uh, mothers to have those conversations with their kids and with their other uh, family members and friends as to uh, the responsibility when you get behind the wheel it's like a 2,000 pound weapon and so people have to realize that and so um, you know as they're driving they have to drive offensively as well as defensively and, and we wanted, I wanted to, you know, touch on specifically with the mothers, because we do have a lot of mothers who are single parents, but we also have a lot of homes who have both of the parents in, you know, um, so I know you're speaking to not only the mothers, but you're also speaking to the fathers, you know, the, uh, both parents as well. In your upbringing, you're from Arkansas, you know, grandma raised you, you know, mom, and had to go into foster care and so you, you kind of have that relatability with some of those um, those children who grew up struggling you know from home to home or unsure about this unsure about that but you persevered like so what can you say to the people who feel that you know they're hopeless right now because the role that you like you didn't even imagine that you would go this far, you know, in your position, but you knew it had to be something deep down in you. You knew that you were going to be great, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, because you had the values. So it's not always, you know, what's around you, but you had those values. What are, what are you saying to people? And not just to the children, but what are you saying to us? What are you saying to women? What are you saying to all of us? who are unsure, and, and now we see you as, you know, the sheriff of Milwaukee County, you know? A lot of it, well, for me, it started with my foundation um, because of uh, what my grandmother instilled in me. But then it was perseverance. Um, you know, sometimes they would uh, compare me with my mother 
and they never had good things to say about my mother. So I wanted to make sure that the life I led was different from the life that she led. She And no fault, um, I'm not trying to um, lay any blame on her. She was not ready to be a parent. And so as a result, others had to step up in the gap. And we have so many people who are stepping up in the gap for others who can't take care of their um, children. And so um, it's not, to me, it's not a shame to uh, say that I was a foster kid. I tell anybody that I struggled, you know, I, I was a, uh, a foster kid, but because I had people who saw me, saw the value of me, and instilled in me that I was here for a reason, and so, and for a purpose, and so you have to find that out, and all the challenges that I have gone through have made it, I won't say easier, but have made it better when I'm going through other rough times because I've gotten through so much. When I look back on my life and I see where the Lord has brought me from, but brought me to, you know, I am just encouraged and I just want to encourage other people. You, you don't know what, most people don't know why they're here, but find that purpose, find that reason and know that it is for his good and work towards that. Sometimes it takes a tragedy to um, for us to find our purpose and to step or to lean into it. And so I just want um, people to know that when you're down on yourself and you're thinking that I can't do it, yes, you can. You just might have to just put that one step in front of the other, in front of the other. So take baby steps and and figure it out. Yes, you know? say that again. Yes. Just take the baby, baby steps. steps. You know, and just know that you know it's not a sin to. Uh, there's nothing wrong to ask for a handout or ask for help. I won't say handout. I just say ask for help. There are so many more resources out here now than there were later on that uh, people can uh, utilize. And so just ask for it. Just put your pride in your pocket and just ask for it. But if you pray about it, the Lord will reveal to you what you need to do. Isn't that a word? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that a word? Your perseverance is one of the words that is the story of your life. And um, we just appreciate who you are to the community. I hear the passion and I see, um, you know, the hope that you have for our city. What does the city of Milwaukee mean to you? It's my home. And so I want uh, wherever you live, uh, in the city or in the county, to for everyone to have a, uh, the same quality of life, you know, to have a good quality of life. And so uh, as a result, I want to work to ensure um, that we do that. And, uh, you know, if I need to partner with this group, that group, or whatever I need to do, I'm willing to do that. But 
this city is my home. And so I had an opportunity once I retired from the police department to go back or to go any place, but I chose to stay here because Milwaukee, again, is my home. And so when you, when you think of something as your home, you want, you think about it with care, you want uh, the best for it, and that's what I want uh, uh, for the city of Milwaukee and for Milwaukee County. And so with all of us working together, I know that it can be a lot better than what it is. Mm -hmm. Servant leadership, servant leadership, servant leadership, it is like, that is you. I often hear and I've read and I've heard you talk about collaboration in the community. Uh, do you have a collaboration kit for us? Like, <laughs> you have something <laughs> to give? Because it's, it's just a central thing in your leadership style. And so um, I'm looking forward to see how these collaborations continue to roll out. You know, do you have anything to say about any new collaborations? I don't have a kit. <laughs> it's about building relationships and talking with people. Um, again, uh, I was just talking last night to a family about domestic violence and so that is one of my passions. I used to be on Sojourner's uh, board. I used to be one of the commissioners for the city. Uh, and so I, um, I do want to do something around domestic violence. Uh, so I'm looking forward to uh, that collaboration, but also um, working uh, collaboratively with others so that we can uh, raise our kids to... Um, so that they can uh, reach their full potential, mm -hmm. you know. And so I'm um, working with um, this team out of uh, Dallas, actually, to bring a program to uh, Milwaukee uh, County. And so I'm uh, looking forward to that collaboration. But just uh, locally, still working with the other municipalities, still working with other community groups, um, you know, just to make sure that we are all dotting our I's and crossing our T's. We, a lot of us are doing something, but I think if we came together and worked together, we can get more done. And I don't like uh, meetings just to meet. I want there to be some action behind it and then to see the progress that's being made. And so that's the reason why I go out and build relationships so that we can have those collaborations and so that we can make it better for somebody else that's coming, you know, behind me. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I hear and read about the statistics and I hear you often talk about the need for more people in positions. What's the stats today? And then secondly, what can people do uh, to aspire to have this type of role? Because you're you're doing everything you can. So you say, you know, I'm the first, as particularly as a woman, you know, and I won't be the last. So what should our youth be doing to prepare for these roles? Well, first of all, what we need to do is to make sure that we're mentoring our youth and so that they see um, us in these roles. And so uh, when they are uh, thinking about, hey, what do I want to do with my career? then, uh, or what do I want to do as a career, 
then they can look around their neighborhoods and uh, see someone that looks like them and know that it's attainable. But uh, when we know that there's someone that wants uh, or is interested, interested in pursuing the job that we have, then uh, we do what we can to mentor them and let them know, hey, this is what it took for me. Um, and so they can start you know, planning, hey, this is what I need to do. I need to get this education. Uh, you know, I need to, uh, whatever it is. And so it's going to uh, help with representation. It will, I think it would increase the number of uh, definitely minorities and women, women in uh, these um, fields that are more male dominated. And so um, as far as the statistics, I think it would, uh, the numbers will continue to go grow, to grow and go up. And so, um, but it's just, it really starts with us um, being out there and showing uh, our young people that these jobs are attainable and uh, give them something to strive um, to be, you know, but also supporting them, not tearing them down and talking about them and you're not this and you're not that. Let's support them, you know. Yes, people have challenges, but let's work to make sure that we are helping them in whatever way we can. Mm -hmm. Any final words that you have that you want to share? Well, we know um, you're a woman of faith, you're a woman who persevered, and, you know, we didn't even get to touch on um, just how you are a cancer survivor, yes. you know, and so many people can relate to that. Um, just, I mean, you know, your story is vast. It's, it's so much that amazing things that you've done and so much that you will do. Anything else that you want to share? Well, I'm glad that you did mention the uh, cancer because uh, a lot of people, they hear the C word and then they think, uh, uh, you know, it's a death sentence. But I had stage four breast cancer. I had uh, my left breast removed. I had, I, went, I had that surgery. I went through chemotherapy. I went through radiation, uh, 33 bouts. I, um, my appointment was at 830, I'm sorry, 7.30 in the morning. By 9 o'clock, I was at work and I worked a full day when I had uh, radiation. And so um, I did it and I survived. But all of that is about, about your mindset. You know, if you think that you can't do something, you might as well not try because you won't be able to do it because you've already told yourself that I can't do, I can't do it. So I would say it's better, well, it may be a struggle, but I'm going to give it a shot, you know, and then just keep working at it. And so we have to remember that it's about our mindset and when we're talking to our kids that it's about their minds and what they internalize. And so let's give them good things to internalize so that they can feel loved, they can feel supported, and so they can be all that they can be. No, it's not uh, an easy journey, but it's never been easy for us. We've always had challenges and we've always risen from, for the most part, uh, from those challenges. And what doesn't kill us makes us stronger. And so uh, as a result, um, let's just, um, let's put our faith in action. You know, if we say we believe, let's, let's uh, 
put that in action and then let's get it done, you know. And is so is that going to be the slogan? <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on Lincoln All Women.